Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Perimenopause Power. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Nat. How are you going today? I am going great, and we are pretty pumped for today's episode because we're talking about a topic which has become really part of our our mission and our vision with our work at Own Your Health Collective. Yeah, very much so. And it's about menopause in the workplace. Have we had many conversations with uh, quite a few individuals but also workplaces about menopause in the workplace and we do get some confused looks people a little bit perplexed wondering "Eh, how does this fit into the workplace Mm. but you know what we're seeing more and more is that this phase of life in perimenopause menopause even post-menopause is having quite a significant impact on women's ability to work as they want to We know that it also impacts them in terms of how they want to live their life and both go hand in hand, don't they, from a health and wellbeing perspective. They do. And I think the fact, I think why it's really becoming super visible now is because women, like women have always been going through menopause and perimenopause and, you know, been postmenopause, but there's a lot more chatter, I'm happy to say, that's really been happening. And and more so probably in the last six months, I think. And, you know, there's probably many reasons, you know, women are speaking out about a whole lot of other issues as well. And so it seems natural that this one is in amongst that most definitely. So, yeah, I think there's a realisation that, you know, workplaces want to retain experienced women in the workplace at different levels of you know of the the workplace and how do they do it and we've also got this you know everyone's heard about the great resignation or the great exhaustion um you know is another term that's being floated around and that certainly um, affects women and men and you know women are probably thinking oh look, I'm not getting that support it's a perfect time for me to go elsewhere and go to the company that has that health and wellbeing offer that's going to support me in not just in my health, but in my everyday life and the flexibility that we need to be seeing for women and men, you know, across the across the, the whole field. Mm, definitely. And I attended the HR summit in Melbourne last week, two days uh, across, you know, HR and talking about some really key topics in what that industry is seeing and the people, you know, who work in these roles, people and culture, diversity, inclusion, human resources, and the impact that they're seeing around just trying to retain good staff is really challenging at the moment because there is that great resignation, which they said is very much alive and well. And you know, people are getting uh, poached from companies, offered more money, but also on the flip side, what they're seeing is that people are wanting to be in a workplace that they feel valued, Mm. that they can come to work and contribute to the job. There's that sense of meaning, that purpose, that motivation. And when you think about it, you know, when we first started in health and wellbeing, we got introduced to that term around the three Fs, Mm. fitness, flu shot and fruit box. 
And that was where health and well-being really sat many years ago, right? And if companies had that, well, they thought, great. You Can know, I just say, and it's probably where some companies actually still do sit. Mm, definitely. Um, yeah. Yes, for sure. But what we've seen over the last couple of years, and Michelle McQuaid, Melbourne academic, has coined the three M's. Mm. So we've got meaning, motivation, and mentoring. Yeah. And so people go into the workplace with that 3M perspective on knowing that they're going to be motivated to work at their best, you know, have great performance, work to a greater uh, purpose as well. That's mm. where the meaning comes into it. But then also, you know, being able to be mentored and get the support that they need from their peers or their leaders or outside businesses too. So, you know, and I guess that leads us to why this phase of life is really important in the workplace. And it's not just about menopause it's about the flow-on effect that this phase of life has across a woman's a man's life because it does we've heard from the horse's mouth that it's you know men are really feeling like they're struggling that they can't support their partners or their mothers or their sister through this phase of life and also businesses too so you can probably hear our, our passion but it is something that we are so strongly want to work towards in supporting and, and shifting that mindset within the workplace. Yeah, definitely. And I think if workplaces or employers are changing that, you know, having that shift in, into how they retain their workforce and put in those parameters around what makes you feel comfortable when you are working here within the workplace. And, and even, you know, we've got this hybrid working um, system now where, you know, we could be working from home and from work. So what is it? What are the feel goods? And that's what it comes down to, isn't it? What are the feel goods that are going to make you want to stay with us? And what can we be doing to help support you? And, you know, I was at the um, uh, wellness wellbeing uh, festival in Sydney a few weeks ago and definitely again that flavour of the great resignation was there and they even had you know different property architects people come on and talk about how they're redesigning workplaces so that it's more like the home that you're coming from so you feel comfortable and it's not necessarily the place where you come to do your emails and work for some for some it's around that collaboration and connection not just to their um, you know employees and around them but also to the employer and how they're feeling within that space and obviously if you're having a space where you're supported you're going to be wanting to come back and stay and you know and actually do your job but also have that community and connection so all of those things um you know if you come back to the space then what we're talking about today is about that you know that menopause in the workplace they all go towards helping that female and that male around supporting and thriving you know, through menopause in the workplace. Let's, um, let's just talk about this. You know, menopause impacts all women at some point in their life between the years of 44 to 55 on average, right? It can differ for some women outside of that. The life cycle women experience starts with, um, you know, regular menstrual cycles, perimenopause, menopause, and then postmenopause. All of these life stages and experiences are going to have a considerable impact on the way women live and work. And even if we take the whole, um, take those things that I just mentioned out of it as well, you know, if, if someone in the workplace has a cancer diagnosis, 
we're very quick to be able to, okay, so, you know, we want to support you. How can we make it easy for you to still do your work and also go through your treatment or how you're managing this diagnosis? And, you know, I say cancer diagnosis, but it can be any type of diagnosis. You know, someone even having high blood pressure or um, chronic health issues, you know, diabetes diagnosis, whatever it is, as a workplace, we tend to, we, we want to be able to rush to them and say, how can we make this easier for you to keep doing what you're doing? It may not look the same, but let's look at how you can do it differently so that you can still be doing what you love. And women love to work. Even if women have taken time off to look after children or a young family or raise their family, they invariably come back to work. And they, it's not that they don't want to be out of the workforce. They want to be working. So we need to make sure that we've got the conditions and the support there to help support them through this time of their life. I'm using that support word a lot, but it does come up a lot. So, you know, there's some really interesting statistics now out there that, you know, we talk about. Do you want to have to talk mm. about those? Yeah, and I'll just share too. So Catherine Riach, who is Associate Professor at Monash University in Melbourne, she has done a lot of work around menopause in the workplace over the last few years. And she has been quoted saying that women who enjoy higher levels of support report lower levels of menopausal yeah. symptoms. It's bang on, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is yeah. because... You know, it's not just impacting women physically, but it's impacting them psychologically yeah. as well. Yeah. And that's that whole element where we come back to our five pillars framework, where that emotional and that spiritual and that mental health are impacted by this phase of life. Mm. And and it's dependent, you know, actually, it doesn't depend on what symptoms you've got. There's always some level of lack of confidence, you know, guilt, Absolutely. shame, judgment. We hear a lot around, you know, that self-love, that self-worth. I just don't have it. You know, we're, these are the words that we're hearing from women that we work with. And, and I think you hit on something really good by mentioning that too, Nat, is because if if a woman who is going, and, and I'm there and I'm going through perimenopause big time as well, and I think that if you have that support network that knows what you're experiencing, it, it makes it easy for you that you don't have to feel like you have to hide it as such, you know, be able to give the opportunity to talk about what you're going through, like any other, uh, I shouldn't say diagnosis, but any other condition that you may be experiencing or a life phase like this that we're going through you know even from a menstruation point of view you know and how that can affect some women each month it's not it's not something that you generally want to hide it does if you're hiding it it affects your confidence it affects maybe perhaps the you know the type of conversation that you're having whether you're aware of that or not it does really that subconscious is I think is really affected but if you're getting that support through work it's got to dampen down those symptoms, you know, invariably. Mm. It doesn't mean that you won't have them because as I've learned probably over the last month and a half, especially, you can be doing all the most wonderful things, but there is still some, uh, an element of symptoms that most women are going to experience. So, and I think that you've got to turn that around that, and, and say, okay, I know that I'm going to experience these symptoms. It's normal. What can I do to see me through? What, can I, what support do I need to see me through, whether that's been your personal life or your work life, and to be able to, you know, to move through it and actually get onto the other side. If we tend to block them out or ignore them, it's not going to do any good for you, number one, and it's not going to be um, doing any good for those around you, be it in the workplace or in the home environment.
Mm, no, very true. And just to touch on some of those statistics and circle in together with Victorian Women's Trust back in 2020, they surveyed 700 people around their experience of menopause in the workplace. And they came out with some, you know, incredible statistics that can be confronting because it's highlighting, you know, things that we're experiencing as a collective in the workplace. But, you know, knowledge is power. Mm. And as much as we don't want to recognise that, okay, maybe our performance and productivity has, has lowered, it's important to know because then we can then look at that and say, okay, well, what do I need to support me, myself yeah. and what does support do I need externally around me? So some of the key stats they had was 83% of respondents said their work was negatively affected. Nearly half of them said that they had considered retiring or taking a break from work. And that's a big one. And we are Sad. seeing that, that yeah. women are leaving the workforce as a result of going through perimenopause. And it comes down to that support. You know, 60% confirmed that workplace support was poor or below average. They all conceded or a lot of them conceded that confidence was impacted, stress and anxiety had increased. And then, of course, there was this guilt, judgment and shame escalated as the challenge of hiding their experience and symptoms became, you know, more prevalent. So, you know, we've really seen that this report has highlighted all the things that we know and that we can talk about, but it really just solidifies that, yes, this is a real thing that is happening for mm. women in the workplace. You, and you know what, Nan, I was just thinking about, um, you know, if a company's profits, for example, decrease, they instantly get together and go, okay, how do, can we fix this? What, do we, what changes do we need to be able to get that back up again? And it's the same with, a, you know, be it, a, you know, something that a female or a male is going through. We need to collectively work together to say, okay, how can we support you to be able to keep doing your work um, and retain you here in this organisation? Because we don't want to lose you. We've put a whole lot of, you know, let's face it, companies invest in their employees to go out and then have to retrain someone that costs money to do that. You know, productivity, yeah, it can be affected, but let's look at how we can actually get that productivity up again. So it's the same thing. We do it, but it's just the, the topic of investigation changes and we seem to change how we're working through that. So maybe I'm simplifying it too much, but it's, it's basically the same thing, isn't mm, it? It is, definitely. And, you know, I guess to talk now about... So how do we even start the conversation yeah. in the workplace? And that is the number one question we get asked very often. Mm. Where do we start? Mm. How do we even start it? And we do hear, oh, I'm a little bit, you know, I don't know whether to bring this in. I don't want to talk about this taboo topic. How do we go about introducing this to the workplace? And essentially the number one thing or the first thing we say is, and, and again, it sounds very simple, we just need to make a start. Yep. We just need to start to bring that language into the workplace. We can do that in different ways, mm. can't we? We can do that depending on, um, you know, obviously what we do is work with organisations to say, okay, what, what time do you want to do that? How big or small do you want that introduction to be? Because at the end of the day, organisations get to the same ending. It's just how they actually start it and get there in that process it's what's really important and it's got to work for the organization they know their employees well but look you know we've had an, we've had conversations with one conversation that said no we actually think we want to go start small and do a few focus groups so obviously we're talking that through and then they came back and said you know what 
people are starting to talk about this without us even bringing it up within the organize within the workplace let's just go and do that workshop that you talked about being you know the second or third step let's just go straight to that and then see what comes out of that it doesn't have to be the same for everyone they've just got to start the conversation in some shape or form mm, yeah definitely and you know one of the great ways to start is also that education yeah. and it has to start with the education because a lot of the time and I'm generalizing here but what we are learning is that majority of women do not understand perimenopause or mm. menopause and what they're actually going through and again if I can quote Catherine Riach she has quoted we found that when women do understand the symptoms and ways to manage them their lives and work can get back to normal quickly we need to understand what it is but also why we go through this phase of life and we've spoken about this many times across various podcast episodes but it's that education that supports our knowledge to really understand mm. this is why this is happening and you bring a level of acceptance to what it is that you're actually going through with a workplace it's really important to note too that managers and leaders are not expected to be experts in the field of menopause Women are not looking for their workplace to fix menopause mm -hmm. for them or fix their symptoms. It's about support. Oh, support. You mentioned it again. I know. <laughs> and so it's important that leaders or managers in a business, you know, that they understand what it is that women are experiencing so that they can, again, support their female employees. But also on the flip side, you know, support male employees as well. Mm -hmm. If they've got male employees who's, uh, wife or partner is going through perimenopause and they're you know having a tough time yeah and, and their employee you know you know there are you know males or females but males also have employees that um you know they're responsible for imagine how powerful it can be that they can have that information knowledge education in being able to talk to their female employees about what's you know what's not going well for you at the moment what can I do to help you you know how can we change things around for the time that you're not feeling great you know to be able to still do your work really really important stuff and I will say this is not something you can cover off in a one-hour workshop or a one-hour online program you know this is coaching you know what we do it's really uh, around having some really pertinent um, information sessions. How they're run is different, but we want to be able to keep employees educated around this. And, you know, just tick it, a tick and a flick in, in a one-hour workshop can sometimes, you know, be great, but we want to be able to keep that going. So we also work with organisations for the resources they might need to be able to keep that learning going, you know, asking questions, having one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions that we can actually do within the workplace. And it could be, you know, having a, a great kitchen within the workplace where we come in and actually do some cooking around, you know, different foods that can help, mindset, yoga classes. It's, there's a whole lot of stuff that we can do, but it helps reinforce the learning around, around menopause. And a lot of these things actually go further. You know, the net goes wider in to also actually helping um, others that are going through chronic conditions or whatever it is, it, it can, you know, the stuff that we talk about actually can extend to all those other um, things as well. Mm, yeah, most definitely. And, and another great way to make this start within the workplace is to partner this topic with themed days or themed weeks 
I'm not sure what other countries do around women's health, but in Australia, the first week of September is Women's Health Week, which is hosted and facilitated by Jean Hales. And this week provides an opportunity to introduce this topic into the workplace. And through introducing this topic, you can then start to explore, is this something more that our workplace needs? Is this something that our women and our men within the workplace are interested in that you can then you know, explore further, further Correct. avenues to yeah. support it? So, so you can basically build a program at it if you wanted to. And that program can look very different for a number of workplaces, but it's the perfect time. And look, you know, we hear this, you know, menopause, menstrual health, that it's a taboo topic. Yes, it is a taboo topic, but I think we're really starting to chip away in relation to actively talking about it more. But Women's Health Week really gives us that opportunity to, to broach the subject and bring it up at a time in that calendar that, um, that we can be talking about and introducing it within the workplace. Bang on, Lisa. Yes, it is. So if your workplace is interested in perhaps having a chat to us about the work that we do in trying to shift mindsets around perimenopause, but also offer those support learning and uh, mechanisms to support women, you know, please feel free to reach out or, mm. you know, even if you've got a case study of, of yourself in that your workplace has actually introduced this work and share with us, you know, what, what have you seen? What have the results been? It's, um, you know, there's a real collective opportunity here to create real meaningful change. Yeah. And for us, that's definitely our, our greatest mission in, in shifting those mindsets and creating that change so that generations to come can see this phase of life as just another phase in a woman's life that is supported and yeah you know we've, we've seen that with other other phases of life and other taboo topics in inverted commas yeah it's time to really pave that way forward beautiful Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.